When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to LoveSportRadio.com for all the latest podcasts, news, and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. You are listening to the Spurs Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm joined in the studio with the last word on Spurs. Ricky Sachs, Jason McGovern, and I'm very pleased to say he is back. The prince of the last word on Spurs, Jamie <laughs> Brown, has returned. What a delight it is to have him back in the studio. Ricky was, wasn't giving him a first-team call-up, but he's back now. <laughs> they need it. Jamie is in to provide us on what is Fright Night, because it is a Halloween special of last word on Spurs. There'll be a few scares along the way, I'm sure, especially if I bring up Danny Rose for Jace, because he won't be injured. Well, there we go. There's the first scare <laughs> on Halloween night. Well, this is the Spurs fan show. So much to talk about and to get into. We're going to be looking at that game uh, against Liverpool on the weekend. Spurs, they took an early lead. They couldn't hold on. What did the guys make of it here in the studio? More importantly, what did you make of it at home? Because you can let us know. You're a part of this show. Tweet us at Love Sport Radio or call us 0208 7020 and you can WhatsApp on the same number. We're going to be looking at that game, looking at the game on the weekend because it's straight back to Liverpool for Spurs. They take on Everton at Goodison Park and they will look to finally end that away day curse because they have a good history going up at Goodison Park. So they will fancy their chances in this one when Everton, their season isn't going too well either. Lots to get into, lots that the players have been talking about this week. We have to start with that Anfield game. Jace, you mentioned last week, you said, and I want to go back to this, you said, you know, you you said that it's a true test of character. If Liverpool go 1-0 up, how Spurs answer and how they get in the game? Well, I watched it, obviously, I'm keeping an eye out. It was Spurs who took the lead 1-0. Did you think, brilliant, but how, how will they react to this? Because that 90 seconds, that will ultimately change the game plan as well. What did you make of it? Well, I certainly know that one wouldn't be enough. That's for sure. Um... And I expected Liverpool to score twice, so I thought, right, we're we're halfway to getting a draw in that case. Um, but no, it was a it was a brilliant start. Let's be fair about it. It was a was a, I think a shock to everybody, but unfortunately, we just couldn't couldn't 
you know, go on and, and back it mm. up. I think the we had that half chance where Kane squared it just in front of Deli Alley, and maybe if if he'd have got that ball right and Delhi pops that in to go 2 0 up, maybe then it starts to make a difference. But uh, sadly enough, it's what four wins in a hundred and seven years, so. Anfield's not a happy place, mate. Mm, it was a very, uh, it was a brilliant early goal, a brilliant mm. start up at Anfield. Obviously, Harry Kane very quick off the mark. I don't think a lot of people, well, enough people are talking about how quick off the mark he was because Van Dijk didn't move. He was absolutely stationary. We go on about a player that's, you know, the money he's worth and Balloon Dior. Well, Harry Kane quick off the mark before the shot even knew he was going to be deflected. He was straight on. The terrific start that you was hoping for it didn't turn yeah. out to be that way, Jamie. What did you make of it? Yeah, it was it was it was nice to see us start fast. Obviously, that's something that we we've been very critical of in the past here on the show. Um, and to be honest, I think we went there and we went with the right game plan. We started in the first half. I thought we were good. Um, we defended well. Um, unfortunately, for me, it all just came down to to a lack of changes early on in, in the second half. I think, as we saw, the game really did swing in Liverpool's favour. Um, and that's where Maurizio's got to react a bit quicker, I think. Um, you know, it's something we mentioned, again, something we mentioned last season. Um, he just doesn't know how to change the game quick enough. And um, I think he, he brought on Lo Celso with, with five minutes ago. I mean, I'd like to have seen more of Lo Celso. You'd think that he's um, he's he's definitely ready for more minutes. Um, but, you know, when, when you've got a player like that coming on that late, you've got Ndombele coming on late. And we saw what an impact Ndombele had coming into the game. And um, it, unfortunately, it was too late. Well, it, we mentioned it was a big theme of the show last week, Ricky. What team will he play? Will the formations change? Will Winks come back into the side? He did. He did change it from that brilliant midweek result. Were you pleased to see the changes? Or when it was announced, she was a little bit... Mm. Yeah, I mean, at the moment, it appears that he's not evidently willing to force through this rebuild that we're talking about. You know, he's still picking the same players that are continually letting him down week after week. And Serge Aurier and Danny Rose, for as much as I sat here in the summer and said, I want Danny Rose to stay at the club, you can clearly see at the moment he's nowhere near the required level to be in the team. <laughs> and I have to question the manager. I mean, Jason says back the manager. Well, you have to question the former on. You know, Tottenham, we're already 10 matches into a season. And I think a fifth consecutive season of Champions League football now looks very much at risk. And no manager is unsackable as much as we love him. But you have to question you know, that lineup where you are continually picking, as I said, the same players that are letting you down and you can't get away from that. I know you genuinely feel that maybe this season is at risk, but from the flip side, Ricky, it is only October and, you know, you look at United, they're stuttering, Arsenal stuttering. I know Chelsea have hit form of late, but no one really... Look I mean, look how many points they had Le- yeah, but Leicester it is a top four. No one's really, you know, it only takes three, four games and Tottenham, are, you know... I think the big worry is, is that it has gone on for so long and Mauricio doesn't really seem to change it. I mean, we are all shocked that Eriksen was starting, Oreo was starting, Rose was starting. Mm. And then Bellis on the bench. That's, that's the club record signing. Yeah. And he can't get a game over someone that has publicly said, I want to leave the football club. It's, that yeah, can't yeah. be right. I think as well, whilst you say um, it's only October, that that would have merit if you was on a run of five wins in a draw in your last six or something. And you can see it's But at the moment, if you haven't won an away game, mm. then, mm. then an eight-point gap, if you're not winning away games and you're dropping points at home, mm. is, is, is not going to be... Plausible, or, you know, it's not plausible. But a five-game run can can start from this weekend with Everton, yeah, case, yeah. can't it? You but, know, but, if but a five-game run, bearing in mind Chelsea and Leicester will probably win four of their next five. So you know, you've got to go on that type of run to start to claw that lead back. Mm. The only positive I can think at the moment is that we have been to three of the hardest away trips in the in mm. the Premier League, and and that's really the only positive that I can take from from maybe a, a slow start. So, but every game from January has been an away game that we've won. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. you know, even. 
even bolting away would be an hard game. <laughs> well, in typical, <laughs> in typical fashion on the Spurs show, we're getting straight into a debate. Can they go on a run, the top four? And we want you to be part of that debate, and it's exactly what you've done. You can call us on 0208 70 20 558, and we've got a caller on the line now, Richard from Dartford. Uh, Richard, strong views from you. You think the manager has to get sacked now to save Spurs' season. Is that right? That's correct. Hello, lads. It's your favourite friend, Sava, here. How are you doing? Hello, Sav. Not bad, really you? good, thank you. I'm, re- I'm really good, thanks. I'm really good. Happy Halloween to everyone. <laughs> um, l- listen, guys, look, you all know my views. Um, I know have, I have you phoned in on Halloween on purpose? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ab- absolutely. That's what I'm doing. Um, <laughs> listen, look, I think we last spoke about three weeks ago, and I think you'll agree with me. Since then, it's just got worse and worse and worse. He is... Just just a few points, if I may. Okay, first of all, his changing of tactics is just absolutely woeful and the signs of a manager who has not got a clue what he is doing or who, or, or who to play or how to get the best out of them. It's, it's been absolutely atrocious. And the, the key thing for me, right, is that we've been saying, and every time I have these rows with people on Twitter... The question I always get, and I got it from you guys last time, was who would you bring him? Who would you replace him with? Now it's become a point of that is a completely separate debate to just how bad a manager he is. That's two separate subjects. He has overseen, since the 29th of December, 29 league games in which we have taken 21 points. That is beyond relegation form. He has not won in 11 away games, as we all know, which is three off of George Graham's record. He has got a worse 30-game period run than Christian Gross. He's got worse stats than uh, than, um, Tim Sherwood's nine months. In that time, lads, since December, he's managed to beat Crystal Palace, Brighton, Huddersfield, Southampton and Villa. So all of this, who do we replace him with? Who's going to come in and win things? That's got to stop being the conversation. The conversation's got to be, who can we get in to stop this guy dragging our club back to the dreaded but, 90s? But Sava, 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 do you think if, if a new manager came in, would he be able to revitalise this squad? Is this squad good enough to be able to go and challenge for the top four? Um, do you know what? Top four this season, we might as well kiss it goodbye. We might as well kiss it goodbye. So... I, th- I think for me, yeah, we all know it's, the, it's this new buzzword since he's been doing really poorly. The new buzzword is rebuild. Well, funnily enough, we didn't need one apparently until, until the summer. At the end of the day, we have got enough quality. I'm not saying there aren't players that need to go, lads, but we have got enough quality to not be failing to beat Brighton, Watford, Colchester, Olympiacos and Newcastle. So you're, if you're asking me, can a new manager come in and get more than he's getting out of them? Absolutely, yes. So I'm not going to sit and disagree with what if you've said there. The stats are the stats. And, you know, you, when you at me on Twitter and you say to me, you know, what, what do you think? Listen, I can't sit here and defend that run of results. And to be fair, like you said, I mean, the, the stats you've read out, you know, a lot of managers have been sacked for far less. Yeah. So I understand Imagine where you're coming that. from. And I don't think you think... You may think I'm a Pochettino defender or I'm a yes man. I'm not a yes man. I've sat here just before you came on air and said that the runner results at the moment is not acceptable and it has to change. You know, and I think the ball will look at it and I do honestly believe that 
once that gap in their eyes gets to the point where it is beyond in their mind Maurizio being able to turn it around, then they have mm-hmm. to look for a change because Spurs, I, I would understand things are that they have to be in the Champions League to pay off for that yep. stadium. And at the moment, the way it's going with the results, it doesn't look like at the moment we're going to be near that top four if you look at the current form. And that's that's maybe not even looking at the, the away form recently. I mean, it is very worrying. So I can't sit here and really disagree with you. If that's what, what you're thinking I'm going to do, I'm, I'm not. No, Ricky, I'll be really honest. A lot of the times when I call you yes, man, I just like a reaction out of you. You know that. We like to play a little bit of Yeah, but now. I mean, Sav, but, what can, listen, would you really expect me to sit here and be able to defend that run? I can't. I mean, how can no, I? No, I'll tell you what worries me, and, and probably this is one more for you, Jason, because I know I've read a few of your tweets today which really make me worry about Spurs' mentality as fans. I'll come to that in a second. But all I ever hear is he's got credit in the bank. He's got credit in the bank. He's a top manager. He's a great tactician. There is no evidence in the last... You pick whatever you want. The last year, the last 30 league games, the Cups. Other than that Champions League run, there is nothing to suggest that he is any good with tactics. There is nothing to suggest that he's got credit in the bank. And we as a fan base need to get out of this mentality of, oh, this man done really well three years ago and got us to second. We've got to get out of that mentality because Chelsea, United, Liverpool, City, they would have sacked this man months and months and months ago. And we are sitting here watching the same rubbish every weekend and he is not learning. Who said he was a great tactician? Oh, mate, listen, read after people's tweets on Twitter. You see it. Everyone's saying, that, you know, that this guy is, you know, he's, he's magic, you know. All of this, it, it's crazy. It's got to stop. I've never he seen him good. I've never seen him called a great tactician. What I have seen him called is tactically clueless, and I, I, yeah. I can't believe somebody who's tactically clueless gives you two title challenges in a Champions League final if you're completely tactically clueless. Because to 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 do that, you must have won what over hundred games for Tottenham. So I don't quite understand why people call him poor and tactically clueless. It's not good at but, the but moment. Ja- but Jace, Jace, you can say. You can say that. That was a few years ago. To be tactically good, you've got to move with the times. Yeah, of course and he you have. showing. Yeah, but he's not, is he? So when we're saying, you know, this is all we ever talk about. It's always what he did in the past, in the past, in the past. It's now. It's the last 10 months. He had a great win versus Red Star. Yes, it's only Red Star, and I'll be the first one to criticise for that. But keep that 11, keep that energy. Yeah, keep, I agree oh, with that. Yeah, I totally agree he with comes that. Straight, he comes straight to the weekend and there's Danny Rose, there's Ericsson, there's Toby again, there's Aurea. And you're thinking, this guy wants the sack, doesn't he? he? He truly wants the sack and doesn't have Spurs' interest at heart. Well, it, it, does he pick them from tactics or is that just a straight team selection? Because, you know, if he'd have picked... If he'd have picked 11 different players, he would have still gone to Liverpool with exactly the same tactical plan. He wouldn't have changed that regardless of whether Davis plays or Rose plays. I mean, it's um, I get your point. Yeah, it's, it's a bad run and people say, oh, he's done nothing. But I can remember not so long ago, we beat Manchester City 1-0 at home and Manchester City, I think, other than a penalty, never had a shot at goal in 90 minutes. And yeah. that's that's the great Man City. So he's, all I've what I've defended him against is the accusation that he's tactically clueless, which I disagree with. Tactics, okay. yes, he gets, so what, what he he gets things wrong. Games that are tactically good, Jace. Without, a, well, I mean, if you, if you think about it, 
if you think about it, forget the result. Bayern Munich's a prime example. At 40 minutes yeah. in that game, we've carved Bayern Munich open, what, seven or eight times? And I think they've had one shot oh, at goal. No, and then, and then Bayern... No, well, is that true or not? Did we have eight shots on target against Bayern in that first 40 minutes? And did Bayern make the tactical change at half-time because they were being swamped? Right, but Jace, OK, now let me tear that theory apart, right? A tactically good manager does not play against Bayern Munich in a diamond formation when their strength is Nabry and Coleman out wide. It's crazy. You're picking a game that was 7-2 as an example of good tactics. No. He can't, he can't beat anyone. What I'm We've saying, Sav, what I'm saying is, if you get your setup completely wrong and you're clueless, you're not ripping it apart an elite team for that time. Now, he should have adjusted the moment Bayern did. Hmm. The fact that we forced Bayern into that change at half-time shows you that they were more concerned about us. Now... I'm not defending the fact we lost 7-2 whatsoever and there's been games that we've got horrendously wrong. But Bayern is an example that we're playing an elite team and create eight clear-cut chances in 40 minutes and people say that's the wrong thing to do. I think we can all agree on Sav here at the moment is that his loyalty towards those senior players does appear to be costing the team. Mate, absolutely. I mean, you know, depending on who you speak to, you hear people going, oh, well, you know, the reason we're not doing so well is because Ericsson's heart gone and Rose isn't the same player he was and Vertonghen's gone and, you know, Toby's gone. OK, if that's the case, what I would absolutely respect, and I've said this all along, yeah, come out in the press and say, you know what, there are players at this club that don't want to be here, right? What I'm going to do, I'm now going to put in some youngsters, I'm now going to put in the other players, give them a chance, and we're going to go down a different route. Yeah. If he does that and the results aren't great, at least you can look at it and go, well, he's been forced into this. He has to do this. But by keep picking those players and not doing anything new, he is absolutely burying this team into the ground. And his legacy, slowly but surely, is not going to be a Champions League final. It's going to be the man that's taken us back to mid-table like the dreaded 90s. Well, certainly some good points you raised there, Sava. There are some big questions about the manager. We're going to try to get through through them throughout the show. We really appreciate you calling, though, Sava, calling from Dartford there. There is so much. The show has just kicked off. The debate starts, though. It rages on about the manager, about the team and the formations, and we are only getting started. Love Sports. You are listening to the Spurs Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm joined in the studio with the last word on Spurs. Ricky Sachs, Jamie Brand and Jason McGovern. What a fiery start talking about the team, talking about the manager. That's exactly what we want and we still want to hear from you tonight. So tweet us at Love Sport Radio or call us 0208 70 20 558. You can also WhatsApp on that same number while the tweets are flying in as well. This time from Matthew Robinson. It says, uh, the manager said we deserve more points this season. Given how we've played so far, I find this very, very worrying and this is a sign that the situation is not being taken seriously enough by him. Do we agree? Well, I said earlier, I think we've got more points than we deserve. Wow, okay. Honest, because we didn't deserve anything from the Watford game. Or Man City. Uh, we were fortunate to get anything from that Manchester City game and there's a number of the other. I mean, the Aston Villa game that we won on the opening day of the season, we didn't really deserve to mm. win that game or, or do enough to win it. So I think we've actually got more points than we deserve. 
I think his comments are always just blown massively out of proportion. I think that's the case here. I think that, as I said on Twitter, I think that he's talking about there are small moments in the, in these games, like when Hyung Min Song goes around the keeper and could have made it and the VAR against, against Leicester. The VAR against yeah. Leicester. I've got to say those two moments for those games are huge, huge moments in games. If Spurs be, go two 0 up course, there and yeah. against Leicester, I know people go, "Oh, we can talk about this in any sport, let alone yeah, yeah, football," exactly. but they completely changed that exactly. game. You know, you go two 0 you go two 0 up at the King Power and you go two 0 up at Anfield. I mean, obviously, we haven't got a very good history of keeping a two-goal lead, but you'd think that we'd go on and maybe win those games. And I think that that's what he's talking about. I don't think he necessarily means, yes, we should have had more points. I think he's saying there were moments in these games where it is fine margins. You know, we could have had such a positive show had Hyungmin Son scored and then we sat here obviously just calling but for the man who's Even 2-0 you know, though, I've got to be honest here, would you think even Jace 2-0 no, against no, Liverpool? Yeah, I still don't no, think we go on... I was going to say, you're right, okay, VAR no. took us away at Leicester, but if VAR works and Vertonghen gets concedes that penalty against Watford, we're 2-0 down and we don't come back from that. No. So, you know, it swings and roundabouts, isn't it? Yeah, I, I do I, agree with that. I've got to be honest though, in that game against Anfield, I think if Spurs go 2-0 up, I, I'm going to say it's very different. Of course it's different 2-0, but I think it's a completely, I don't know if Liverpool go on and get three there, I think that changes the game entirely. No, they wouldn't. Because they press no. so forward, they're so open at the back for Spurs maybe to get a third. Ricky, you're, you disagree? Oh, I think when you've got Danny Rose and Sergio in your, in your full, as yeah. your full backs, I don't know what you can predict, but I think just to go back on Savas' point so I think it's only fair to respond to that and mm. I think maybe at times Savas you know labelled as overreactionary but what he said there in terms of the stats I don't think you can kind of disregard it you know it's no wins from 11 away games 6 wins from 23 league games 23 defeats from 45 games bottom half of the table 8 points from 4th 4 points from the bottom 3 I think you can understand why some fans now mm. feel that a change is required and again it's not as, we've only got our, our own opinions here um, yeah. Do we believe that he can turn this around? I think with the right characters he could. My concern is that when you look back in the history, and Jace, you made this point a couple of weeks ago, whenever a team is struggling, do you get rid of 26, 27 players or does the manager go? And in modern day football, unfortunately, it's the manager that gets the bullet. And I don't know. Well, I just, sorry, Jamie. I just think that I think it's a very different situation with Pochettino. I think that he is so loved by the board, and they will give him that time, even with think, Champions League football at risk. I think they will because I think they know that Maurizio is a guy that will get them back in the top four if they provide him with the players they want. And I've said, I do think that now we're we're in that new stadium. The costs of that stadium are now finalised, I think that they will start spending money. I think that we massively underrated that we spent £60 million twice uh, in the same window. I, I definitely think that I'm definitely counting Lo Celso as 60, another £60 million signing. And I think we'll go and do it again in, in maybe January and, and certainly next summer. Well, we, we, it's obviously dividing much opinion and debate uh, amongst the Spurs fans. Another tweet in saying, for me, the manager's selections against Liverpool were the last straw. Kane's interview after was the exact opposite of what the manager said. He wasn't happy at all. If you're Kane or any of the other players, you know that Ndombele is special. What are these guys thinking about their own manager's selections? Well, I don't think, like I say, I don't think any of us would have picked that no, side no, for no, no. I, don't, I think we were all stunned to see Ndombele miss out, stunned to see Danny Rose in, stunned to see Christian Eriksen in. Serge Aurier can... as well. Do you not think one fourth deserves a chance now from Aurier's oh. continual mistakes week upon week? Well, I do, yes, but but um, I wasn't so sort of stunned to see Aurier as I was the other two. Um, and he, it definitely, there's, those selections were a big problem at Anfield. And, and I thought Kane... You know, if I have a criticism of Kane, I saw his interview afterwards and he's saying, he was saying that we should have done this and we should have done that. And I'm thinking, you're the captain on the pitch. 
Go and tell them. Mm. Go and tell them. And if I've got one problem with Kane at the moment, I think he's a fantastic captain for the club. He's massively influential behind the scenes. He's a world-class player. Mm. But I want to see him be a captain on the pitch. And, and you know, Brighton, That's we fair. saw it the week before when when Hugo went down and, and everyone was just standing around silent looking at each other. That was a time for him to go and get them. And, and I want to see him show a little bit more captaincy leadership quality on the pitch. Away from the pitch, I think he's a fantastic leader and he's obviously the natural choice as captain of the club. But Saturday, uh, mm. Sunday, I thought, come on then, you, you sort it out. You're the one on the pitch. You push him up the pitch. That's what your job is on the pitch as a captain. Did you not see enough of that then on the weekend for you, Jason? No, not, not enough, if I'm honest. Not from, from him. I, like I say, I've got no problems with him as a player and I'm certainly not complaining and, and saying he shouldn't be the captain. But, mm. but I think if, if, you're, if you can see that things aren't right on the pitch, the great captains fix it or try to fix it on the pitch and perhaps Harry still needs to learn to yeah, do that. I think that. I think that is it. He is very early on in his captaincy, yeah, so maybe yeah, yeah. It, is a, it is about learning. So I think that maybe we can give him that leeway. Well, obviously, a lot's being made of the fullbacks. We make a lot of them on this show. A lot was made of them on the weekend. I know you weren't happy, but obviously, even now, the pundits coming out and the mainstream media saying, you know, that the fullbacks are like dumb and dumber. What, what, what is you as the Spurs fans make it when you see comments like this? Well, I'm stunned they're still in the team. And I'm, I'm stunned that Maurizio keeps picking them. I, I keep saying this line that to keep playing the same players that are continually letting you down and expecting things to change... I mean, it is a bit of stir crazy. Why would you expect the, the, the same players you're continually picking to suddenly almost go the complete polar opposite way mm. and start producing for you? And that's, I think that's where fans are starting to now question the manager even in more detail if they weren't before. Because when you looked at that team against Red Star Belgrade, they were hungry, they were determined. We played with a passion, a desire. And the minute that team lineup came out against Liverpool, I think there was almost a certainly on Twitter a resignation that the game had gone before we even kicked the ball. Yeah, no, I, th- I think that's to- I totally take your point there. I think the one annoying one is is Juan Foyt. I don't understand why, if if there were plans for him to be a right back, why it's taking so long from Rizzo to now bring him back. I think, as I said, Ar- Argentina think he was ready for ninety minutes twice in during the last international break, but from Rizzo he's not ready and. At the moment, of course, it's weird that he keeps picking Aurea because he keep continuously lets us down. Well, your tweets are flooding in about the manager. It seems to me that everyone is, is verging on that it's not been good enough. They're sick of the selections and final straw we're hearing. But it's not all of that way because we've had a WhatsApp into the studio and this is, guys, we have been spoiled the past four years. To even think that the manager doesn't have a free pass for this season is absolute yep. crazy talk. We're still in the Champions League. He re- rebuilt four years ago. He would do it again. Come on, you Spurs. So there are fans that, Listen, that believe yeah, I mean, there is credit in the bank. We all want to see him turn it around. Don't get me wrong. I think we all want to see him turn it around. We do. Well, uh, But the problem at the moment is that does the form look like it's changing? Uh, that's, uh, what's that was from Alex, by the way. Just Sorry, Ricky. Oh, no. Jamie, sorry, excuse me. Well, yeah, I I totally think you do. Where, where's this whole mentality that Spurs deserve to be come, finishing in the top four every season come from? Because before Maurizio Pochettino, we were never doing it. Now, you know, Savas says that's a small, small mentality. But I think it's also you've got to be realistic and, and, and think that Maurizio is the reason why our expectations are now so high. And I, I, it's crazy. I just cannot believe that he doesn't think that, that Maurizio doesn't have those credits in the bank to now try and turn this around. Because I really think he does. He certainly earned that chance to, to put things right. 
at the moment, you know, I can't. It's, it is really difficult to defend him when he makes team selections like he did on the weekend, and then the lack of changes during the game. So it is difficult to defend him at the moment. But for me, he definitely deserves a chance to rebuild. What this all team. about is the changes that really disappointed you? Was it just because of the performance so, last week or the team that you think's best? So late, so late, and, it, and it, does, it feels obvious as well. Some of the changes feel obvious. I think it was Endombele. Um, it was Spurs needed to try and keep hold of possession and Tongi Ndombele is one of the perfect players to do that. He's also brilliant at being creative. We saw um, some of the passes he was making when he came on. So, I don't know, it just does seem obvious and, and it does come too late in the game. And you're bringing a Chelsea on with five minutes to go. I mean, not with due, due respect, what's the Chelsea going to do in five minutes? Yeah. I, just, I don't understand that decision. Well, the guys that were stunned at the selection on the day and at the changes and were you, tweet us at Lovesport Radius and let us know or call us 0208 70 We're going to be continuing the review and the fallout from the game next. Love sports. You are listening to the Spurs Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm joined in the studio by Last Word on Spurs, Ricky Sachs, Jamie Brand, and Jason McGovern. We're talking about a whole host of things. The manager, the selection, the changes. Were they laboured? Were they predictable? They weren't good enough. It has been a fiery debate this evening, and you can be part of it. So please do call us on 0208 70 20 558. And I'm delighted to say Will is uh, now called in all the way from the United States. Will, we really appreciate you calling, giving us a little bit of your time. You want to talk about the manager because you want to ask, is he qualified to do the rebuild or or not? And this is a big uh, talking point for you, isn't it? Well, yeah, well, here's the point. And and by the way, thanks for having me on and I love your show. I'm so glad you got to do Thank you, pal. Appreciate it. Um, So, look, I've been the biggest supporter, you know, of Pochettino ever. But, you know, kind of taking a longer view on this, um, you know, Pochettino has never done an internal rebuild before, and almost almost no one has. You know, if you want to change your club, if you want to rebuild, then you fire the manager, you bring in a new manager, uh, that new manager cleans house, brings in his own players, there's your rebuild. That's how it's done, right? And even, you know, the successful jobs that Pochettino has done at Espanol, at Southampton, and now at Spurs, that's what he's done, right? He's come in, he's got, he's get, he gets rid of the Deadwood, uh, he brings in his own players, uh, you know, and he has success. So, you know, I, I, I've been thinking, you know, whether it's, whether it's Bayern Munich or whether it's Juve or whether it's PSG or, or Real Madrid or Barca, you know, go on and on and on. You know, I, I can't think of a current club, a current big club that, you know, is fighting in the Champions League that has a manager that has turned over rosters and been successful. You know, the only one I can think of that maybe is trying to do it right now is Simeone at, at Atletico, you know, and, and, and we'll see, you know, what he does. But other than that, it's not done. And when you think of the English game, you know, I, I guess uh, going back into Premier Ferguson and, and, uh, and, and Wenger are the only two that have done this successfully. Right, and, particu- and particularly Ferguson, and you know the one quality that he has or had, and that Potts used to have, is being ruthless. And the big question, you know, that I have as we go forward, what the hell happened to ruthless, po- you know, to ruthless Potts? You know, now we've got Sauce Potts, you know, and he keeps talking about the, the the collective and you know the locker room, the collective, blah blah blah. You know, that's the most important thing. But it's not, right? It's the club. It's the badge. That's the most important thing. So 
So anyway, I, I never thought I would be considering if keeping Posh is the right move or not, but I'm, I'm certainly, con- you know, considering it now. I just I think that sometimes when, when you've got players that maybe aren't performing the way that he wants, I think it's so dangerous to, to just kind of remove these players. I think we've seen with situations like Paul Pogba when, when Jose Mourinho didn't really want to fancy him. I think it's just a case of he, he just wants to be careful in, in not creating maybe such a toxic environment and then it becomes even worse. And, and really, that's the only reason I can kind of think at the moment as to why maybe he doesn't want to completely remove players like Ericsson, uh, Serge Aurier, just so they don't become toxic. And, and then that kind of feeds around the dressing room and it gets worse. That's, that's really the only reason I can think of as, as to why he might not have dropped these players. Well, you've, I mean, it, it's difficult because, you know, you've, you've got to take care of results on the pitch. That's, that's yeah. the thing. Yeah. And, yeah. And and I I understand the reasons for trying to keep everyone involved and everyone trying to keep motivated and pushing each other, but you've got to get results first and foremost. And you know those players, you know whether whether your Danny Rose comes into the training ground with a smile on his face or not, the fact is he's a liability on the pitch. Mm. So same with Aurea. But can he also afford to just discard players as well? Well, Because it's difficult for him because he's not really got a size squad that he's able to just throw away players. Well, it certainly is a big talking point. Will, we really appreciate you calling, especially all the way from the States. Will there talking about does the manager have it in him to rebuild? Uh, He mentioned other managers have been able to do so far. It is a big task in the Premier League. We go straight to another caller, this time from Shuban. Shuban, thank you so much for giving us a little bit of your time. Always a regular caller. You wanted to talk about the attitude because it was better for you against Liverpool and you were actually quite pleased with that, wasn't you? You. Well, I just want to ask you guys because it's kind of weird. Although we obviously lost to Anfield, and let's face it, we won't be the first, the first one, we the last this season. I felt the performance and the attitude against, I don't know, maybe we were more motivated because it was Anfield. It was a lot better than it was against Watford. Maybe, you know, Watford, uh, Bayern Munich, and um, Brighton had to be like the rock bottoms. You know, they say, you know, now I call it, you have to really have to hit rock bottom or you can start your recovery. And I don't know, I just want to get you what your opinions were on that really in just terms of... I mean, yeah. Shubin, for me, yeah. uh, listen, thank you for calling the show. I, I'm just concerned that he would just keep picking the same players where the results aren't changing in his favour. And whether he's got like a loyalty towards his guys and he likes them personally and he went out for a meal with them during during the week and Danny Rose supposedly arranged it, it doesn't matter about that. I mean, the most important thing, as, as Jace alluded to, is results on the pitch. And when you're not getting them, you have to change it. I think the most frustrating thing at the moment is that we're not seeing much of a change. And at the time he did change it, Spurs were an absolutely, you know, completely destroyed Red Star Belgrade. Mm. So why not keep with that team... For the Liverpool game, that's why I think fans were so frustrated. And you're right, unfortunately, the performance, which wasn't bad on the whole, has been overrided because of the selection. I guarantee you, right, if the selection was the same as the Red Star Belgrade game and we lost 2-1, it would be a completely different reaction. It's because he's put the players back in that, at the moment, fans don't feel should be planned. The likes of Danny Rose... Serge Aurier, Christian Eriksen, and you're leaving your summer signing, your record club summer signing, Tungi Ndombele on the bench, and you're leaving Giovanni Lecelso on the bench until the 86th minute to come and change the game. That's why, unfortunately, the reaction is being completely overblown, and the performance, in reality, isn't really being given much credit because of the selection. Yeah, for me, I mean, for me, I, 
I think personally picking Ericsson to do a marking job Robertson was a real big mistake. But I, I do blame Pot. Yeah, you know, because he hasn't got the speed to do it. He hasn't shown the willingness to do it. And you know, we, all, we all remember the, the famous taxi from Micon. But I just think it's what your earlier caller, earlier caller alluded to. You know, even was it? I think was it when he got rid of Ferguson, um, uh, got rid of Roy Keane. Roy Keane, who he helped, you know, win. You know, who you know, him? You know, with Roy Keane, he won titles, European trophies. When Roy Keane wasn't given what he thought what he need, the club needed, he got rid. I'm not sure if there's just a, a, a kind of like a loyalty or whatever that inbuilt because you know Ericsson, Rose, maybe Oreo, definitely tell you out of world. They've all built something together and they brought it with Poch. Mm. Has he got that killer instinct in him to I don't know to jettison these players? Will the club allow him to do that? I don't know. I'll be interested to see what you guys think. No, I, I do agree. I think he does have, as, as I said previously, I think he does have a real loyalty to his players. I think he does appreciate um, what they've been through and, and, and to where they've got. So I do think that, that he does have that loyalty. But I, I do think it's difficult because these players, it was, we mentioned Danny Rose, Christian Eriksen, two key players in, in getting us to where we have been, just are no longer performing. And, and this is where maybe his loyalty has, has could have changed and he has to be more ruthless and, and that's one criticism I would have of him. Well, Shubin, we really appreciate your call. Always a delight to hear from you each week. Shubin there just talking about the manager. There does seem to be creeping concerns now from the Spurs fans, obviously, after that result on the weekend. Could turn on the weekend, but we're going to talk about that because I think Shubin raised a good point there, uh, talking about the manager's loyalty to his team. Love sports. You're listening to the Spurs Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm joined in the studio with the last word on Spurs. Ricky Sachs, Jamie Brand and Jason McGovern. We've been talking everything where Spurs are concerned, rightly so, on what is the Spurs Fan Show. And we've been hearing from you and we still want to. So tweet us at Love Sport Radio or call us 0208 70 20 558. A big theme of the manager and what we've been talking about so far is his loyalty to players. Is there too much sentiment there? You know, callers have been saying he needs to be a little bit more ruthless in this rebuild, cut the ones that maybe aren't doing it. Ricky, they're right so far. It's a big point of, of the manager's stewardship, isn't it? Of course it is. And this Everton game is huge. I mean, we, t- t- we keep saying every game is huge, but you do mm. feel the Everton game is, is really big because it's a manager in Marco Silva that's also under huge pressure at Everton. They got a win during the week, which saw them obviously advance the next round of the Carabao Cup. So maybe the fans are still at the moment with, with him Maybe on his side, but I think both of them, I mean, there's a huge amount of pressure. It's a must-win game for Tottenham. I think when you look at our away form, and Jason always says Spurs do well at Goodison, they need to get a result the weekend. He needs to get a result as well. I mean, we want to see him turn it around, but again, you have to be understanding and sympathise with fans that look at the stats out there, and managers have been sacked for far less. That That's the truth. You can't get away from that. They have. When you look at the current form, I mean, as a whole, what he's done over the six years, you would say he's the man that's delivered the club Champions League. Therefore, can you afford to spend a season out of it? Only the board know that. Only the board know whether Spurs can afford to be out of the Champions League for a season to continue the rebuild. But, I mean, one player that's had a lot of criticism over the weekend and one that I did want to bring into the forefront to chat about is Deli Ali. Now, for me, Ali is one of those players at the moment that is on a long-term contract. He should be a player that wants to turn his form around and he would be a player that I want to stick with and mm. keep going with. And I know he got a huge amount of criticism, but I felt over the last couple of games, bar the Liverpool fixture, I felt that he was coming back yeah. to a little bit of himself. And I would be disappointed to see Delhi being the player dropped 
when you play Ericsson, a player that wants to leave the club. I think you've yeah. got to keep Delhi in this team. He's a player that needs games. You know, he's had quite a few injuries over this last six to 12 months, yeah. more than what he's used to. He was playing a slightly more withdrawn role as well last season. And I think he's a confidence player. Once he's got that confidence... He'll be flying again. Yeah, he was playing that more withdrawn role and he was hampered by injury. We're just waiting for him to get to full match fitness. You're saying he obviously has got that long-term contract. You want to see him start at Everton. Last week's show was dominated by mm. team selection lineups, and it wasn't the one you wanted to see on the weekend. Jamie, do you agree? You want to see him in the starting lineup against yeah, Everton? I think, as we said, it is totally down to confidence. And when he has that big moment, then he will come back to being the Delhi of old. And the only way that Delhi Ali is going to be able to get that moment of confidence is by continuing to stick by him. And I think that you are right. I think he's, he's certainly merited over the last couple of games that he is looking, he's doing more stuff, uh, more of the stuff that we've seen Deli Ali do. Maybe he's not, you know, not, still not quite producing the numbers that he used to in terms of goals and assists as of yet. But as, this, as, as I've mentioned, it's about confidence and he'll only get that confidence if he's uh, continued to be selected. Jase, where do you stand it on? Because, you know, when someone stays, someone's got to drop out. This midfield problem is a huge one for Spurs at the minute. And I know it is a tricky one, but that formation going into Everton, even though they've got good results, as you rightly pointed out, would you see him keep his, his place in the lineup on Sunday? I think he will do. Uh, he had that big moment against Watford and I've been the two displays since I've been disappointed with. And if I'm honest, I probably wouldn't start him at Everton. Okay. Who would you start? I would start Lacelso. I think it's time to, you know, we've talked about the rebuild, and I hmm. would, would, I would give Lacelso. Is he ready to start? Is he match fit though? Would, is that gonna, four minutes? Are you ever going to get mm. fit? But the mm. thing is, no. would you not think, Jace, if you don't start Ali here and you start dropping him, what does that do for the guy's confidence? Because I don't feel like it's going to benefit him long term. Oh, in which case, send Lacelso back. Because what's it doing for his confidence sitting on the bench? I just think that Everton games massive to bring a player in that hasn't really had a huge amount of games. And for me, I would if, if Lamella's fit, I play Lamella, Ali, you know, we're going to come on to the team later. But it's a massive is it, game. Is it a massive game to stick with somebody who's not playing well? The only thing with Lacelso is this is a, this is an Argentine international. We're not talking about like Orion Sessi. No, apparently Spurs young and desperately wanted as well. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, he's a player we paid £60 million for who produced fantastic stats last season. So we're not talking about some just inexperienced You wouldn't be player. against having him in the team of Ericsson, would you? Mm. At the moment, the way they're exactly. playing. Of course you'd have Lacelso in. I suppose that the fear is... Or Ndombele it, would come in for me for Ericsson. Yeah, but again, the fear is that what kind of lineup are we going to see? Because you do feel again when that lineup comes out an hour before kickoff, fans are going to see that and they're already going to make a judgment in their mind mm. as to how the team's going to get on. Is yeah. there a case? And I know the manager won't care about what the fans think too much. Obviously, he does care a small amount, but you know he doesn't want to play Lacelso and then everyone, uh, he's not fit and he doesn't perform and everyone goes, "Oh, well, why are you starting him? He's clearly not fit. You should have you should have played someone else." Is there that backlash that he could well, maybe fear, Jace? I don't think he fears that, but I mean, of course, that's the backlash. But mm. if you lose the game, he will have picked the wrong team, won't he? Yeah. It's 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 a simple lose lose. You can write down the eleven names. Sava could write down and pick that side now. And Sav is the type of person that if we then lose 2-0 at Everton, we'll say we got the team wrong. But it was the exact team that you wanted at the start. Well, this is the problem because it wasn't the team you wanted. But, you know, they, they do get that second. They start 1-0. This is the problem. He's obviously got these matches in mind. You know, if a, a five-star performance against Red Star Belgrade doesn't automatically change things, does it, Ricky? No, but then why not? Again, we keep saying this over and over again, but why not stick with the players that played so well in that game? Mm. That's the most baffling thing at the moment. But you have to respect Liverpool in the sense that they are completely different opposition in this away Listen, table, so of, of things will change. different opposition, but again, I will keep saying this. The fans are frustrated, I believe, because why would you not want to try and change 
the selection to try and get a different result. I think that's the when you look at Tottenham's form, we are picking the same players, mm. the ones that we know don't want to be there, and you're expecting for things to change. Why would they? Why mm. would they just suddenly change? Yeah. So why is he sticking that with then? If it's not loyalty, it's not sentiment. Well, no, it is loyalty. I, I do generally believe it's loyalty because yeah. again, I think as Jamie said it earlier, he's sticking by the players that have got him to where he wants to be. But sometimes, when you're ruthless and I, like a Jose Mourinho character, if the players aren't playing for him, he cut them. Mm. They would not be in the team. And I'm not but saying surely he's good that... enough and, and and strong enough and, and mentally aware enough to know that you know loyalty only takes you so far. If they're not playing, he, he wants to win those games. You know, I know we've had callers that say you know he doesn't mind if he gets sacked or he's playing. No, that. No, that, no, that, no, that is simply no. not the case. No, he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to. He doesn't want to get sacked. That's ridiculous. Why would he? Why would he play to get sacked? Why would any manager play to get sacked? No. A lot of money. I mean, I think you have to bear in mind. People also say about the fact that you know why doesn't he just resign? His contract is worth between 25 to 30 million. That bloke's going nowhere. The only way he's leaving Tottenham is if Daniel Levy pulls the trigger and sacks him. Pochettino won't be resigning anytime soon with that kind of contract <coughs> in place. Mm. Mm. No way. Well, let's also talk about the keeper as well because a record amount of saves on the weekend, I think it was 12. What did you make of his performances? Uh, you know? It was great. He was great. I mean, the thing about Gazaniga is that we do see performances where he's absolutely brilliant, but in every game, I think me and Jace, we cover it so much on a podcast that. Every game he has had, there's always been that ricket in him that also can chuck one in. And that's what I think stops him being a number one, doesn't it? Uh, uh, was his was his best performance, best 90-minute performance, because there wasn't the, the real ricket this time round. Um, it was a performance that I wanted to see. I still don't think he's a number one goalkeeper and, and never will be. I think it will just be a, an adequate backup, if, if you see what I mean. And I think if, I said it on Monday, I think if we sold... Hugo in the summer, we'd still have to go and buy an, an actual number one goalkeeper. Yeah. He came, he, he, he had a, a very good game for him, and I wanted to see him have it in a, a big game. But um, you know, I, I want to see that week in, week out from him. Because mm. Jace, when, when we spoke a few weeks back on the show, you mentioned you know it, it's not the Watford game, it's not the, it's not the well, it is the Liverpool game, but it's these two away games. You know, it's key. You know, it's no good one step forward, two steps back. This is the key test for you, isn't it, on the weekend, Everton? This yeah. is the one. Good track record. We need to get rid of that away day form. This weekend for you, it, I know your next game's always your, your biggest, but this one truly is, isn't it? Without a doubt, these next two, because, like I say, I, I always expect to go to Everton and win, and I've been and seen some really poor Tottenham teams go to Everton and win. So, you know, for me, anything other than three points at Everton is... is even Jack Santini is got a, a win now. Santini with a Noe Pamero <laughs> header and things like that, and Christian Gross even exactly. went to, to Goodison yeah. and won on his first yeah. game and things. So, you know, I do expect to win at Everton, and then I expect that to go into what will be a big test with that Sheffield United game. and That won't be easy. No, absolutely. And if, if you're coming easy. on the back of yep. back-to-back away defeats, then that gets even harder for him. And you've got Champions League in midweek as well. So, um, you know, I, I, I said to you a few weeks ago, didn't I, I'd get to that next international break and then I'd have a, a real sit-down and think about the situation then. Mm, and obviously, Ricky, we mentioned about the team. We mentioned that after that Red Star Belgrade performance, they said, you know, the confidence is back. We're up for this now. And I know Liverpool's a different opposition entirely. But did we see enough of that on the weekend to think maybe there could be something? Was there enough urgency, the attitude that maybe the Everton-Sheffield United game, we might see something here? There is a light at the end of the tunnel. I don't question. I mean, on the whole, from a, from a team collective, I think the desire was there. But I'm going to be brutally honest with you, when we keep seeing those same names pop up that we don't want to see, I think it is going to be very hard to encourage supporters that we can string a win 
or or four or five together. I mean, you keep saying, Chaz, you obviously say to me, oh, it takes four or five wins to get in that top four. My concern is I can't tell you where I can see four or five wins coming from at the moment. And evidently our form over the last six to nine months backs that point up. We Mm. don't look like we're going to string those wins together. Not with the current players we've got in that team. It's very. Jamie, do you agree? Yeah, I th- I th- look. In the first half, I felt as though we we had we'd done enough at, up <laughs> until that point to get a, to get at least a point. Um, I, I just think it came down to the, the lack of changes. When, as I said, the game swung in Liverpool's favour, we didn't react. But I think the the performance from from most of the players was was okay. And obviously against Red Star, um, it was really nice to see that there was you know it was all like um, Tottenham of old. And I think that at Liverpool, you know, this is such a. I can't believe we're we're expecting that we're you know expecting that we were going to go to Liverpool and get a result. We've got to remember this was Liverpool Anfield, so. I think but you first... also can't go there and expect you can't give it a free hit. You know, if if Spurs are up there, you have got to go for the point in the free points. I think, you, I think there is something the about way, that you're think, up there. Yeah, I think the way we set up was right to try and you know yeah. to to sit back and defend. Um, but as I said, I think it just came down to the lack of changes in the second half, unfortunately. Well, I think as well, if you're going to go to Anfield, you need 11 players to be on their top game. And the two fullbacks, Delhi, Ericsson, you know, we carried those. You can't go yeah. to Anfield with yeah. seven players. Well, hopefully those 11 will turn up against Everton on the weekend. So Not much the same to, 11, please don't. <laughs> so much to talk about. But let us know what you think. Tweet us at Love Sport Radio or call us 0208 558. Love Sport. You are listening to the Spurs Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm joined in the studio with the last word on Spurs. Ricky Sachs, Jamie Brand and Jason McGovern. Terrific Spurs squad depth on the last word on Spurs. But these three are flying the flag tonight. Jamie Brand is a lad back in the studio. We will tell him at the end Aris gone because he might not be here next week. I'll, I'll make a deciding <laughs> vote at the end. I'm only kidding, of course. And it is Everton on the weekend. And that is a massive fixture. Spurs playing at Goodison Park. But as Jace tells us, they should be feeling positive because they have good history there at Goodison Park. And at the minute, Everton aren't doing too well at the minute. Uh, there's a worry that we're, we're being too negative on this show. Let me tell you, Everton, they're being just as negative because their season of Marco Silva well they are on the hot seat so don't you worry let's talk a little bit now about the formations about the things is this a problem Ricky that has arisen simply because of the way Spurs are playing this year or does this hark back to last season before you know Jamie mentioned 2.0 the manager mentioned this painful rebuild is this something that was always coming about or this is more where the fans have got a gripe with it this season I think supporters would probably trace it as far back to when he played Hummin Son at left wing back in that semi-final against Chelsea I think from that moment though that was obviously a bizarre decision I think it's then become an open criticism that his tactics, formation, changing the game late seems to be the things that are regularly being, you know, brought up when we don't get the results. And I mean, to be fair, he has made some strange decisions. I mean, we're talking about a man that did get Spurs to a Champions League final, didn't spend a penny for 500 days. So again, it's when you're going through this kind of run, you always draw on the most negative things. And when you're doing obviously really well, you look at the most positive things. You sit there and say, well, he's not spent much money and you, and you compare it to the rest of the top four. But I mean, as I said at the moment, his form's not good enough. I think he'd be the first to admit that. And I think Jamie's right that during the post-match press conference where he was referring to the fact that Spurs should have had more points, I think they've slightly lost in translation, to be fair. I don't think he was, yeah. he was, he was going on those lines, but... I think the formation has been a concern for a while. The selection has been a, a concern for 
whole of this season, I think, to be fair, Jase, isn't it? Yeah, I think it, I think selection is, is the key thing for me because, you know, you know what I've always said about tactics. I don't think any tactical plan can get you through players making the types of mistakes. Serge Aurier, you can play 4-5-1, you can play 4-2-3-1, yeah, you can on. play diamond formations, you can play 1-0-10, anything you want. <laughs> if you've got a right-back that's going to charge into tackles in the penalty area and give them away, exactly. you've got a goalkeeper that's going to go to Brighton and drop a ball on his, you know, straight under his crossbar, those types of mistakes you will never, ever, ever get past, regardless of a tactical plan. Let me quickly ask a question of them, and please correct me if I'm wrong, because when he first was signed for Spurs, you know, he was heralded as, as potentially a really great right back. Where has it gone wrong, or has this always been the case? You know, he's always been a, a bit reckless in challenges, yeah. because from an outside perspective, they, they look like they really had a great potential on their hands. It is frustrating with, with Aurea because he's got all the qualities that we want from a right back. You know, he's brilliant at getting forwards, um, but it's just the, the, the fact that he has those errors in him, and sometimes he just doesn't think before he, before he does something and that is the frustrating thing I think there is a talented player in there but I just don't think we're ever going to see it because I don't think he's got the right attitude for to be a top player West, West Ham was when he got sent off at West Ham that's two years ago isn't it two yeah. years ago I remember he's only just at the start and he got two ridiculous yellow cards I think we were 3-0 up weren't we, weren't we still 3-0 up that day yeah we were definitely ahead in that day 3-0 or 3-1 up and he got himself sent off that day We've seen penalties, Madrid away. That was quite Juventus. early in his time, wasn't it? Juventus, I well, Madrid think was, was group stage, wasn't it? When he give the when he hacked somebody down with a penalty yeah. there. So I mean, he's no worse now than he was then. Uh, okay, it's a fair point. Well, I did mention the squad depth on last word on Spurs, uh, and not only the people in the studio, but you're an important part of it because you do call in and you can on 0208-70-25-58. and it is time for the tradition. Adrian's corner because Adrian has called into the studio, and you want to actually speak out in defence of the manager, don't you, Adrian? Yeah, scary Halloween, guys. Hello, Adrian. <laughs> yeah, I mean, how far do you want to go back? I mean, if you take Poch's complete record, he's got a win ratio of 59%. It's the highest Second win ratio of any manager in Spurs' football history. That might surprise you, huh? In answer to our American friend who rang in, he's got rid of 38 players since he's been at Spurs' Poch. Yeah? Now on Aurea. <laughs> 48 games, he's been sent off four times. That's once in every 12 games. In the game against Liverpool, Lesoso and Ndembele, when they came on, they completed the same amount of p- accurate passes as Ericsson did during the whole of the game. Yeah, it's frightening, that stat. Right. Winks' job, right, tactically. The person who sits at the base of Diamond, whether it's Winks or whether it's Dyer or whether Fife can get his concentration, sort his game out and play there because he's... A better pass for a ball, more technically gifted player to play in the diamond formation at the base. I mean, the job's to mark the number 10, you know, to, apart from other things like, you know, to keep a check on Firmino and all that. All right, he didn't have the best of games. But I don't believe there's anything wrong with Poch's tactics. Team selection and timing of substitutions, yes. But whether you're playing a 4 2 3 1 or a 4 3 3, I mean, it's fluid. Because when you're defending, you're expecting in a 4-2-3-1 from two of the players to come back and make a 4-2-4. You know, and with a 4-3-3, two can come back and make a 4-5-1. Hold on, you're you saying know, like so a phone not... number now, mate. I'm, I'm confused here. <laughs> well, the point is, look, there, there are two styles of press. Yeah, there's the high-in-your-face press and there's a zonal press. Yeah. When Pep was at Barcelona, he adopted the six-second win the ball back. They pressed up high. What they tried to do 
would get the defending team to kick the ball long because usually there's only one striker up there. You quickly recycle the ball and you keep doing that all game long, basically, and you paralyse the other team. And then there's a zonal press. I mean, even Klopp said during the Liverpool game, he said, Spurs made it difficult for us. They were setting traps in midfield. They were trying to mark wide, right, and force Liverpool to, to play the ball down the middle. And when, then you, the idea is to set the trap, to win the ball in the middle, and then try break quickly. And we did look dangerous when we were going forward, as far as I was concerned. You know, we didn't do it enough. But, I mean, like, when we went forward, I thought, OK, you know. Uh, even the stats on Ericsson, he run as much or more than most other Liverpool players. But the, the problem I have with stats and running is, you know, whether it's a running, powerful, surging run, which really, you know terrorises the opponent's defence or whether it's just running for running's sake, you know what I mean? So I haven't, got, I haven't got a problem with tactics. When people say Poch hasn't got a clue about tactics, I don't believe that at all. What do you guys think? Well, I've defended it, haven't I? I've, I've said he doesn't always get it tactically right, but I don't know a manager that does. And, and I think those that say he's clueless, tactically clueless, I think's a, a weak thing. And you're right, you know, if you... Sometimes he gets blasted for getting tactics, but if you if you set your team up and players don't do the job they're given, the supporters will say you got your tactics wrong. But actually, no, the players didn't carry out the plan that they were given. That's not to say the tactics are wrong in the first place. So, no, I quite agree with you. I mean, if 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 uh, Kane's ball into Delhi Alley and Delhi puts that in, and we go two 0 up, Sonny hits that. The one against the crossbar, we go three 0 up. Who's saying he got his tactics wrong? Mm. The tactics yeah. determine the pattern of the game, but players have to do the jobs they're given to make those tactics work. And if players switch off or make ridiculous mistakes or don't track their runners, can't pass the ball five yards, no tactical plan does it, and then everyone will jump and say we got the tactics wrong. It's the players that have got to carry out that formation. Just to pick up on that point, Adrian, what Jason mentions there, and I know you're still fully behind the manager, but where Jason says there, you know, it's not down to tactics, it's down to the players. How do you feel when you keep on seeing those same names on that team sheet that you know have got rickets in them that are letting him down, but yet they're still getting in the team. And you've got your summer signing, who is not in that 11, but yet a player that has publicly stated he wants away in that team. Can you understand that? Well, Can you recognise that? Well, I don't to fitness because they wouldn't even be in the squad if they weren't up to the fitness level. I, I just think it's a question of, like, Poch's timing. I mean, you notice with his substitution, he, he doesn't panic, does he? I, I find his substitutions late. We all get a bit frustrated, you know what I mean? When we think, oh, make a substitution, make a substitution. But... And I, and I think he's the same with the players. He's, not, he's, not, he's just not a manager which rush, which is a good, you know, it's a good quality to have, you know. But, but the problem with that, Adrian, I, is I, you I end would, up, you end up turning. I would definitely I think he's ready. Do you he's not think, though? The... And, and then Don Belly, I would have played him from the beginning. And if it's a question of saying, well, oh, he ain't got 90 minutes in him, but he's got to be match fit or he wouldn't last, well, then you play him for 60 and then take him off, don't you? Yep. Do you not think the concern, Adrian, is when you mentioned about the tactics and it's, it's good that he's patient, that some, sometimes when you are like that, you end up becoming reactive rather than proactive. Do you see what I mean? Where you should be yeah. spotting when to make that change. I feel we're waiting far too late until the game is particularly beyond us. Mm. I mean, what was the point, I'm trying to understand, of bringing Lachelsea on with five minutes to go? A guy that hasn't really had regular football. What are we expecting him to do in five minutes? Well, I'm impressed with his past completion. I mean, very impressed with Ndembele's forward passing and switching and playing his twitch and his uh, twists and turns. Oh I yeah, mean, he yeah. looks absolutely fantastic. You know, he's going to be a sensation. 
And I think yeah. Lucelso, he will get an odd few goals, but Lucelso will also create as well. Yeah. And he's quicker going forward and he can dribble going forward, so he'll give us more energy than Ericsson does. Would you start him, Adrian, Lucelso against Everton? Would he start for definitely, you? Definitely, definitely start him. But and what? obviously I'd, I'd drop Rose, so I'd have, I'd have Sessegnon on the bench. I'd go with Davis to start off with. You know, I would play Foyt. I would love it if Foyt could play the in the hole, the, you know, the diamond, the base of the diamond, but it's a question of his concentration's up to it, you know what I mean? Yeah, he's young, isn't he? But he looks like he's going to be playing at right back with Walker Peters as backup, but, mm. uh, you know, there's no shortage of volunteers to shoot Serge Aurier, is there? So, like, he's got to go, <laughs> it, you know what I mean? I do think that is one of the frustrations with Pochettino, is, is how long he waits for these new players to come in. I think we've seen with all the new clubs, they've all had their players come in and be and, and ready to play. Within Dombele, he just, I think we saw against Red Star, he does look as though he is ready to, to come and get another 90 minutes. You'd have thought so. Le Celso, as I said, he played 90 minutes for Argentina in the last international break. I mean, it's just, you think that these guys are ready to, to come into the team and it is annoying how long he waits to, to, to try and bed these players into the team. And that, that's one of my frustrations with Pochettino. On another, another thing about tactics, I don't want to bore you too much. I mean, the whole idea, I mean, in front, the last third of the field, the third in front of the opponent's penalty area, right? That final third. Not down the flanks of the penalty area, not down the sides, but the front of it, right? Coaches call, let's call, if you know this, I'm sorry for boring you. Coaches call that zone 14. Players commonly call it about playing in the hole and all that. Over 75, 75% of goals are scored from zone 14. This is why all these teams play through the middle, right? either scored from zone 10, but mainly from passes into the penalty area from zone, zone 14. That's why you see all these teams, when, and that has to be done within, listen, don't bore you, 2.7 seconds. The later you do it, the less chance you get of creating a good scoring chance. That's why you see, when you see Rose and all that going down wide, or already going down wide and not putting a cross into the box, you know, they're trying to pull the opposing defenders over towards and then try and switch play across the other side. And, you know, you, you try that until you try and create an opening and score a goal, you know. But we're, we're pathetic putting crosses into the box anyway. Mm. Well, Adrian, we really appreciate you calling into the studio tonight for the tradition Adrian's Corner. Always a pleasure to hear from you and what you had to say. Next, though, we will take a look at that game on the weekend. I know we've done t- uh, tactics and formation, but let's look at the threat that Everton do possess for the game on the weekend. Love sports. You are listening to the Spurs Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm joined in the studio with the last word on Spurs. They've not had the last word yet. There is still time for you to have a say on the show. Tweet us at Love Sport Radio or call us 0208 7020 558. I'm joined by Ricky Sachs, Jamie Brand and Jason McGovern. There has been a tweet into the studio. I'm not sure. Jamie and Jason will be able to tell me this because I'm just going to ask this to you two, not Ricky at the minute, because I believe that this is Ricky's burner account. I'll tell you why. This says, <laughs> can we talk... About transfers. No. <laughs> what can we? This is from oh, Eddie Gomez. What can we realistically expect this January? By the way, you guys are doing a great job, and I enjoy the content. But transfers, please let us know. Ricky's burner account, Jace. <laughs> Do you know what you're buying your missus in the January sales yet? Do you even think about what you're buying her in I the can't January even get sales? Christmas yet, exactly. Let's get through Christmas yet, Jace. Exactly. Let's get next week. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Let's get to Christmas, and then we'll worry when January when we get there. But, but I tell you, I mean, Ricky put one out in the week, 
Which one? There's hundreds. I don't know. One of these pig farmers weekly ones. Oh, yeah. Is that the same one? Like, we're the buying a Valencia <laughs> winger and you're thinking Lamella, Lucas Mora, Son, Deli Alley, Ericsson's there, La Celso's there, then we're going to go and spend 60 million quid on another winger. Mm. And you think, forget it. Stories like that. But the, but come from that story, if the board are maybe losing patience in the manager, are they going to invest in him? That's a very good point. That's a great because, point, you know, if, yeah. if, if you're saying that we get this feeling that maybe the manager won't be there next season or the board might wait till next season if he hasn't got enough credit in the yeah. bank for them, the board, are they investing in well, January to even give him that chance to get in top four? I will say one thing, and I want to say one thing because Jamie needs to have a say as well. I'm not getting lambasted with all these transfers <laughs> and stuff. But if Tottenham go and sign Dybala, mm. it's because Tottenham... You only want to say one thing so you can get back tweeting about the transfers. That's why. <laughs> if Tottenham sign Dybala, it's because they do genuinely believe Pochettino is the right man for the job regardless if Tottenham finish in the top four or not. You don't go and sign a player for the kind of money they would be spending, which again would be a club record fee, if Pochettino's not going to be there next season. So if they sign him, that's a statement and a very much indication that the manager's going to be there. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just saying if they sign that player, the Pochettino would most likely be standing at the club. They gave him three players in the summer. Two of them were £60 million players. So I think that that's a good sign that the rebuild is starting to happen and they are willing to give him that money to go and improve the team. I know they would. They, they, they know they needed more and I think that that rebuild, I've said, I think the rebuild was came late because of the stadium. But now we're out the stadium. I think we've shown great signs that we are willing to go and back him now. Do, um, do, do. Your latest transfer update with Jamie Brown and Ricky Sack. <laughs> we need a jingle on that part of the show. I'll, I'll pose one question. Does those 60-odd million pound signings, were they partly made because we would have Champions League money? If you haven't got Champions League money yeah. and it's the, so the interesting going forward. can you then make those 60-odd million pound signings? Well, I think that was part of the reason of the stadium. What about the stadium? I think we're generating so much money from the stadium. Is that what, what's the point in the bit? I think one of the major points of, of building that stadium was so that we can go and compete with these big clubs. And I think we we hear sort of the figures that are coming out from sales of um, you know around the ground. I think it, there's plenty of money coming in, so I think that, that that was one of the reasons that the stadium was built, so we can go and sign top players, and, and then you just hope that, that that will be the case. We know the money's there to sign the top players, but if, if the manager, is he going to be there next year? This year, Are, are you go- going to that. sign them? Well, I, I, what I will say is that Tottenham have to be doing it in their power to try and get rid of some of the players mm. they've got at the club just during as January. Important, isn't it? Ericsson, Rose, Oria... Get these players out that do not want to be at the football club. And Jason, regardless if nothing's coming back in, regardless if it's coming back in, and at the it moment, leaves yeah. you Fred Bear. Well, Fred Bear. I mean, that's Cause, I, because the manager doesn't like a big squad as it is. So no, that's, that's, that's what I mean. It's I mean, paper thin in that sense. At the moment, the way Oria Rose are playing, Ericsson's playing. Is it a greater loss if we don't that's why, that's let them why go and we if we let them go and we don't bring anyone else in? We, we worried about Trippier though leaving. I think we got twenty. It would have if Trippier had been in, he would have been making the same mistakes as well. Not <laughs> quite the same mistakes as Oria, but he would have been. You know, it, we'd all been um, having a go at him, and instead we got twenty five million pounds in for him, and that's why I was so desperate for players like Rose to go. It was our last chance yeah. to get good money for him. Now no one's going to pay for him. And I think that that's why we were absolutely right to sell Kieran Trippier because we've now got £25 million more. You then argue, though, that £25 million, if you actually went and bought a decent right-back, we might not be having the problems that we would have at the moment. I think that's one of the things. When the window did shut in the summer... The right, right player has to be a, available. Was... The right player has to be there. You can't just go and... I think we, you know you can go and sign these players, but there has to be the right player there because there's no point bringing in some random player. But, in, but it just... was. When you look back now, it was a failure on the club's part to have not brought in a right back unless he feels one for if it's the right man but we've had ample opportunities to see him and he still hasn't picked him 
How do you work that one out? But mm. the, 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 I mean, the only issue I'd say is that with right backs, they're very, you know, it's very hard to find. There are a limited amount of, of top right backs at the moment. And I don't think with the money that we have, uh, obviously it does seem maybe it is limited. So you don't want to just go and spend, I don't know, £30 million on a guy that's not going to, that, that might be making the same mistake. You just feel, you know, if you said Foyf was his man, if Foyf was his man, surely. He would have started by now. Well, he? I, th- I think this is the bizarre thing, and I, I can't really explain why uh, why Juan Foy isn't starting at the moment. Because clearly, you know, he doesn't believe in Carl Walker Peters. If he's selecting Serge Aurier, who's making all the mistakes ahead of Carl Walker Peters, and Davison Sanchez and Eric Dari's at it right back. Then they're clearly him. they're clearly not you know they're clearly not the player that he wants. We've had a comment on YouTube. I can't tell you if this is serious or not. I can only take it on face value. Uh, and this is from Alan Bennett. It says we need to bring back AVB. I'm just reading no, that. I can't tell you if that's... I can't be serious. I, 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 genuinely, I can't tell you if that's no. serious or not. It says, bring back AVB. <laughs> it's a silence is stunned in the yeah. studio. <laughs> the only thing I'm worrying is that he's to, been doing all that. All the managers to link back to yeah. Genuinely, I, I can't tell you. Well, I remember... These audio-visual broadcasts aren't my things, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie. I think, I think the worrying was a couple of weeks ago, it was Coleman being linked. I mean, yeah. yeah that, that's, that's, the, that's the problem I've got. I don't think there is anyone available that's going to be able to come and do a better job. You know, Savas says, he, he keeps on coming and saying, you know, um, oh, people ask me, who, who are we going to get in? But he doesn't have a clue. No one, they don't have a clue who's mm. going to come in. So I, the big I question, as we always keep saying, is does the man currently in the hot seat still feel he's got the desire to carry it on? And only he knows that. And only Daniel Levy, when they have those chats in private, can really gauge whether Pochettino does feel he can turn this around. But I think January, if he survives that long, and let's not be being sarcastic, if he does survive as long as January, it will be a big indicator, I think, of the future depending on how much money Spurs do go and spend. But then Tottenham are known to not really spend a huge amount of money in January. January is a very difficult transfer window. You're yeah. going to you, know more as the guru, well, but how, how hard is it? Not, not in a rude <laughs> way. Win, I mean, Jay knows as well that Spurs really... We, Jace, we know that January is a window. It's a panic bar window. The last time Tottenham mm. went mega in January was under Harry Redknapp, where we signed Jermaine Defoe, Robbie Keane. I'm trying to think where else we signed that window. We signed three or four players that I think at the time made sure we finished in the top 10. It was the, it was the season where Harry came in and they had to buy players to make sure they survived in the league, which they did. They finished 8th or ninth, But that was a one-off. I can't think of anywhere apart from when we got Lucas Moura in. That Ryan, we had. Nels- Ryan Nelson. And Sahar, yeah. And Louis Zaha. And that people the, know uh, if you're desperate, you're buying a journey. The prices go up and the Spurs want to play that game. It's, the problem is, it's always tricky. Signing players is difficult as it is. We talked about the, the, the Dybala deal getting over the line. But it's getting rid of, trimming the fat, you know, getting rid of the deadwood. This is very tricky. And, you know, what I can't understand, if they were players they were trying to offload in the summer, we talked about Rose, he had the opportunity to go, never went. Why is the manager playing him when he knows him and the club were trying to get rid of him? There's clearly no future there. That's what I can't understand. Why is he playing? It's, it, it can be very difficult difficult to get rid of how these players. How many left-backs have we got left after Danny Rose? That's the only issue. You know, there's Ben Davis. But then Jason will argue, do you need any other left-backs? So anyone that can play there no, no, will no, be get, better than Danny Rose. No, I do get, I get that. And it is, you know... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, but how worrying is it to say our starting left-back is the one we try to get rid of? I, I dislike, him as, much, I dislike him as much. Here we go. now would be a better left-back. <laughs> he's Even got one now. arm. Exactly. He's, he's only got one arm. You, you, okay. don't, you don't use your arm at left-back. Or D- Danny does, waving his oh. arms about. But, but, but Hugo would be a better left-back okay, than Rose. Okay, no, look, you know... Go to you know by I, their left-back. You know I... You know Jerry backs you up. It's a Danny Rose hate club. I, what yeah, are we worried about? Look, Go I, to you, Halifax, by their left-back. Go to Nuneaton Borough, by their left-back. Nuneaton Borough. 
I just James, think... if you can name Nuneaton Burroughs left back, then I'll be very I'd, impressed. I don't know who he is, but <laughs> I can tell you now he is a better left back than Danny yeah. Rose. YouTube. I'm not going to argue. I'm not going to argue with that. I mean, we we know. I don't. I I dislike him as much as you do. But I just think sensibly, you can't discard and have Ben Davis no, but, as the only left. No, but Sessignon. Sessignon. True. Yeah. Okay. Is there. It's true. Yeah, it's true. It's true. But is yeah, he but a guy that... can play at left back. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I just I just think it's sensible to have a natural left back. How do how, how do we know that what's Ryan Sessignon going to come in and do? Can you guarantee that he's going to come in and is be he a brilliant... left back? I mean, that's the thing. Is he going to play him? Is back? it actually sensible mm. to just have one natural left back? Because let's face it, Jan Vertonghen, he is a temporary left back. He's played one good game. And I don't think that the way, if you play a, a flat back four, I don't think Jan Vertonghen will play, produce a performance like he did at Dortmund. I, we don't know about Ryan Sessegnon. He's, you know, he's, not, he's a guy that has been playing left wing for Fulham, so we don't know how good he's going to be. So we're taking a risk there. That's the only thing I'd say is you can't afford to just discard players like Danny Rose because then we're left absolutely thin. You can't afford to pick them. No. I, I can't answer back to that, to be fair. What about Curtis O'Bing? Who? He plays for Nuneaton Barrett. FM 2020 has come out today, hasn't it? He's very good. looking at his stats now. I'm looking at the stats now. Very good. Potential there. We, we saw Danny, Danny Rose's Rose, stats yeah. on FM. To, something like 18 for tackling. Did they see the one yeah. that he made on yeah. sa- 18 for tackling? That was out of 50, though. <laughs> 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 can I just say that before we come to seven? I'm dreading this bloody all or nothing documentary. The weeks that go on, I, this I is going to be the whole I, I can't wait for it. No, I know you I can't, think it's going to be you. absolutely brilliant, and every <laughs> single Spurs fan, I'm going to say 95% then. will oh. love it. Well, if it ends in an FA Cup. Then yeah, we'll love it. You're you're saying it from a sense of you know, oh, this season, you know, it's going to make us look terrible, Before and everyone's making jokes. Pick it, oh yeah, but God. this, I think, w- w- you're going to get to know what goes on. Amazon do this so well, honestly, Spurs fan. If you're not familiar, go and watch the series they've done with other teams. It will be brilliant. Yeah, but the other done. teams have done it. I've won. I've gone and won the league. No, they haven't. No, well, they haven't. I don't well, Man City, but no, it's it's an American Before series. They Netflix do it with the NFL. Sunderland. Yeah. But Amazon do it with the NFL teams and teams that have been down at the bottom and you instantly okay, see why. Are, I don't want to be a team down the bottom, no, though. No, I know, but you mean, I know where you're coming from. You I'm... just said they do it with teams that have won things. Is, is That's not always the case. Honestly, this will be good for the others. Honestly, I, oh. I really believe that this will come out for Spurs in a shining light. Do you reckon? 100% truly believe Tell that. Tell me it's like good at the end of it in chess. Come on. Yeah, no, I think that fans will fall in love with the club. You're going to see, not that they need to anymore, but you're going to see what goes on behind the scenes, why it ticks how it does, what really went on with players. And you might, you will be very surprised that this player was really the leader that we fought mm. because we're now getting dressing room access. We're seeing what happens on the training pitch. We're seeing them watch videos and field tapes saying, we need to do this better. Yeah, they might so not what? have go out and executed on the, on the game day, but wow, I didn't know that, uh, terrible example, Danny Rose, spoke like that to so and so I didn't know that Gazaniga was, gave such and su- such a rocket and was, was brilliant what a great player we've got there that's honestly the whole, that's the whole point problem about football fans they, they, own, they, they don't consider things that go on behind the scenes I think with we see 90 players, minutes let's not forget that's that it. but then what do we do, what do we know whether Christian Eriksen there's a deeper problem then is oh, there no, a, honestly is there it's going to be the answer his... do you know what worries me I don't know if you saw that report come out again it might be a load of crap but the report saying the suggestion that the players want more money for appearing well, in these the documentaries agents, and doing interviews. The agents, the agents. I mean, I just think that's staggering. Yeah, well, the agents are requesting more money for the players to that's be featured in these videos. To do, though, I mean, the way they're playing this season, they're lucky to be getting the wages they are. Yeah, but that doesn't work like that, does it? 
you know what we're having a bad few weeks you know your way is just doesn't work like that does it it doesn't but it should do really well if i wasn't doing my job at you know where i'm where i'm working you know my job would be under my job would be in question yeah but your, your wages you... wouldn't change <sighs> You might your job might be in question as our managers' jobs are in question. We've just had a show talking about it. Players maybe maybe a question. We've just questioned should players be in the lineup? It's I just the same say, I, just, I feel really uncomfortable with with agents of players going demanding more money mm. because they're part of a documentary. Yeah, but Especially they see difficult. they see that's, marketing commercial. It's yeah, their job. It is like, their job. You'd be yeah. you'd be on the phone if the agent I'd wasn't be doing rid it. Of, well. Yeah, exactly. You'd be getting rid of the agent. Rick, get yourself an agent. Mm. <laughs> Rick. That's how we're going wrong. 10% commission. The let's way you this. get out those transfer tweets, mate, I'm all over yeah, it. Let's yeah, let's come to a break now. <laughs> we just get the papers out. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are, because we're going to be talking a little bit about the Everton game on the weekend next. Love Sports. You are listening to the Spurs Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm joined in the studio with the last word on Spurs. Ricky Sachs, Jamie Brown and Jason McGovern. Now, though, we turn our attentions to that game on the weekend, that massive fixture. It is Everton. Rick, it's a huge one. I know we said the game, your next game is always your biggest, but with less away from formations, away from lineups, looking at Everton, looking at Spurs, what are your thoughts ahead of this one? Well, I mean, Jason will be delighted because Danny Rose is serving a one-match ban, so he definitely won't be seeing Danny Rose at left-back. I think that's a bit of a relief to a lot of the Spurs fans by the way he's playing at the moment. I suppose the question is who's coming in at left-back? Will Ryan Sessegnon come in for a debut? Right back, Sergioria. I mean, I, I would hope to see Juan Foyf there, if I'm being honest. If you said to me, what's your team looking like for the weekend? I think I Let's would Let's do it, because we've yeah, we, we we done do. that very late, and so, that was a big yeah, point, we wasn't it? Do, yeah, yeah, we can do it. So we've got Gazaniga in goal. Uh, left back for me, I would have, as I've said, Ryan Sessegnon making his debut on the right. I'd have Juan Foyf. <laughs> ben Davis. You, you don't want Lascelso to have his debut because he hasn't played, but you want to give Sessegnon his debut who hasn't played. Sorry. Let me Sorry. Ben Davis, I'd have at left yeah, back. Yeah. Ben Davis, I'd have at left Changed back. Changed his mind already. Uh, Changed my mind. But uh, Ben Davis, I'd have at left back, mm. and on the right, I would have, as I've said, um, centre backs. Davinson Sanchez. At the moment, I'd have Alderweireld based I'd on Vertonghen's form. See, I'd have Vertonghen because I think that having a right side and, and, and left side of both having two footers, I think that's, even Vertonghen's form at the moment. I think he did all right. He did okay against uh, Belgrade, didn't he? So I think that having having a right mm. footer and a left footer is is probably the best way to go. So I'd probably pick Vertonghen. I'd go. I'd I'd still pick Walker Peters at right back, just because I'm not convinced. Fourth gives penalties away and got sent off as well. So I just think Walker Peters has made less mistakes than the others. But but I accept it's not the ideal. But I'd have Sanchez. Alderweireld and Curtis O'Bang. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, new signing. Why not? New signing. Everyone's got me. He's making transfers before the winners open. With one foot though. When 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 do you think he gets game time? Because otherwise, I just don't no, see. No, I, I, I get what you mean. If, but but for me, he's shown that that real rashness yeah, to his game. Yeah. I mean, you know what what he did in his last game at Bournemouth. Yeah, yeah. When you come on as a substitute, you're down to ten men, and somebody says. Right, keep things calm, and you get sent off in what forty-two yeah. seconds with the restart. I mean, if Oria did that, we really would be going loopy. So, yeah. but you know, but I accept the fact that that Carl Walker Peters hasn't exactly done much to demand it. I just think he's less likely to make that massive ricket than the other two. But even mm. he's 
handball at Palace and give the ball away in Barcelona. So, yeah. you know, there isn't an ideal right back and there isn't an ideal left back. So I just the, think with Foyth playing at right back, that's the only way he's going to learn to... Because I think he is a top player. I think he's got potential in there to be a very good player. I just think he needs the chance to be able to go and learn. And I think going forward, he will offer more than Walker Peters because I just don't see anything about Walker Peters that strikes me that he's a, he's a good player. The worry you got though, Jay, is that you mentioned that he's already played twice for Argentina in the time he's been back at the club and well, they, 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 still exactly. isn't playing him. That's the worry. I mean, he had the opportunity to play him, you know, in a couple of games. Well, yeah. Hasn't taken it. I mean, midfield will probably be more of a difficult one because I, for me, I'd still be playing Deli Alley. I know, you, Jason, you're saying you wouldn't play Deli Alley. I would in that midfield. This weekend, no, I, I, because purely because I want to see Lacelso start and I want to see Ndombele start and I want to see Wink start and I want to see Sissoko start. Do you know what? There's, I think that's one thing that really impressed me the most about Red Start is having that partnership of Ndombele and Sissoko in the middle. They just seem to understand each other very well. I think that we've seen when, when Ndombele is played in the right role, when he's given that freedom to go forward, he is a much more of effect, effective player. And I think that... Sissoko is the guy, as we saw against Red Star, to allow him to have that freedom to go forward. I think he sat back well. Um, I just think that that's the partnership that Spurs have to go for at the moment. I think long term, I'd like to see a holding midfielder come in. I think that's one area that we do need to, to go and strengthen. I mean, they would, though. They spent $65 million in, oh, on Undenbele. Then another potential $65 million on, on the sell. So yeah. that, well, that one that deal gets, does get done, that's $130 million you on do the midfield. To, I, I, I'd say it's, not, it's probably not a, a, an issue that I'd go in. One of the first issues that I'd have at the top of my list. But it's, a, it's an issue that I would maybe look to address eventually. Um, but for now, I think that the, our best partnership in the middle is is in Don and Sissoko. Do you get the criticism for Winks at the moment? He's been getting pelters. Yeah, I, I do, but I think people want him to be a player that he never is. I think that he always seems to be judged as as somebody that, that almost people want him to be a number 10, and that's not his job in the team. No. You know, it's, it's to drop in, take yeah. that ball off the back four and start from there. And it's, you know, that's that's what he does perfectly well. And I think, you know, I think we did... When you're you're playing those games and you get high pressed, if somebody's comfortable taking the ball, all right, he got ripped, ripped by Bayern Munich, I accept, but I'm more than happy to see Wink start. Mm-hmm. I think with Everton as well, you know, you have to look at the fact they've lost five of their last eight matches in all competitions, and two of those wins have come in the Carabao Cup. So Spurs should be going there with optimism that they should be going to get a they result. Beat West Ham now at home. I think one player. No, I'm not saying that. Yeah. Like, wait, no, I'm just saying that. they have yeah, won yeah. in the Premier League yeah, since no, yeah. in, and that was yeah. one player that uh, I think people would like us to discuss is Lucas Moura. Yeah, I think mm. you know. I know. I know you're not the biggest fan of him, but I just I think as though he has, especially with the players <laughs> in the form that we're in at the moment, I do think that he is worthy of coming into the team. The hard thing with Moura is though, when he's been given the start, he hasn't really grabbed it. No, I do, I do agree it's with so that. It's so tricky with more. I mean, it's hard. One of those things where when he's not playing, we all clamour saying he should get more game time. Then when he does play, he doesn't really take the opportunity. It's a frustrating one. I want to see him play more games, don't get me wrong. But I think he's got to impact games more from the start. He's great as an impact sub. And I think, Jace, you mentioned it the other week, the link-up play at the moment with Kane, Ali, Son, it, it's not really there. That's the most concerning thing with Mora's game. It, it does me. It always concerns me. I, I mean, I, don't get me wrong... I don't dislike Lucas Moura. Yeah. I can see the ability in Lucas Moura. Yeah, He's I, had some absolutely fantastic... I'm not anti-Lucas yeah, Moura. No, I just no, don't I, think I the team functions as well as yeah, a group I, up front. Now, he's, he's had some magnificent individual moments mm. for us, and, and you can't deny what happened in, in Ajax and places like that. But it's, it's the whole team yeah. doesn't function as well 
I don't think, with Mora and Kane as there. So for me, if Mora plays, you almost have to leave Kane out because the the two of them just don't seem to have any relationship at all. He's not going to leave Kane out, is he? No, no. That's the captain. The, the annoying thing is we should be working on it to make that better. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I don't, it's annoying because Lucas Mora, as we've seen, is such a fantastic player. It is frustrating mm. that these two brilliant players can't seem to play with each other. And I, you're totally right. You know, it's something that we should have learned to learn to adapt to and it's bizarre that we haven't so much is obviously made of Tottenham's away form at the minute do you see Everton now and obviously with that track record as the ideal away game now to get rid of that run because they're obviously having troubles of their own their managers on the hot seat perfect away game perfect game on the weekend for you Jace to put it right yep I just yeah, like I, I say I've, I've seen some really poor Tottenham teams go to Everton it's just a place we, we seem to get a result you do worry if they don't win that away game you kind of think when's it going to come mm. yeah that, that, I mean that's the biggest concern well uh, someone who will know a lot more about it we're going to be speaking to Tony Scott the match day digital reporter at the Liverpool Echo next to give us that Everton perspective and very very quickly Alan Bennett who did say bring back AVP has now put he was joking he wants the manager <laughs> to stay that was a clear joke from him there but we will do the Everton opposition view next love sports that's right. It's time for the opposition view, and this is the last word on Spurs. The Spurs fan show right here on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm joined in the studio with Ricky Sachs, Jamie Brand, and Jason McGovern. And I'm delighted to say we are also joined by Tony Scott, the match day digital reporter at the Liverpool Echo. Tony, thank you so much for giving us a little bit of your time tonight and joining us on the Spurs fan show. Everton Spurs is a massive fixture, not the ideal start to the season under Marco Silva, who is undeniably on the hot seat. Well, that's what the media will say. Maybe you will tell us differently. Spurs not having the best time of it, looking for that uh, away win, the first one since January. Both teams probably see this as the perfect fixture to kickstart their season. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah, absolutely spot on. I think Everton will see this as one of the big teams that they love to play against. We've seen towards the back end of our season, Everton comfortably beat some big teams at Cuddleston Park. You had Manchester United, you had Chelsea, or beating Arsenal, and they obviously do at Liverpool, which arguably stopped Liverpool from winning the league, and that was, mm. I think Evertonians are gladly happy at that, considering how they started the season. But this, is, this season hasn't gone to plan so much for Marco Silva, and now Everton are looking for the big teams to come up to Cuddleston Park and obviously kickstart their season, so... You're spot on. I think Everton really desperately needs a really good performance at Goodison Park. They are usually strong there. A couple of blips earlier on this season against Sheffield United and, and Manchester City, but generally nine times out of ten, they do get a good performance at Goodison Park from Everton. They do, but generally Spurs have a very good history there. We know Everton started out of that international break uh, very well, beating West Ham, not the result they wanted against Brighton. Are we expecting more of the same at the Brighton game or the West Ham one, Tony? I think you'll get more of the West Ham one, to be honest. I, I went to Brighton and I, they were very unfortunate last week. We all seen the VAR incident. Mike Everton are cruising 2-1, playing really good football, looking for the third goal. And then we just seen the VAR incident, which it just smacks of desperation in terms of the, for the first time we'd seen the VAR overrule the referee. So And we all seen the, the penalty incident, which was clearly not a penalty. And Everton have found were hard done by to that. But he did play well in that game. He played well during the week, especially second half against Watford, where he uh, went through to the quarterfinals of the, the Carabao Cup. So he picked up a plate, um, playing OK. I'm not saying that they're playing exceptional football, but playing OK, ticking over. The, listen, there's huge pressure on Marco Silva, considering the amount of money that is being spent 
at Everton over the past 18 months. So he's got to deliver something this year. I think what's biding the time at the moment is that he is taking the League Cup seriously. The audience, the quarterfinals, he has played a strong team each and every round. And it is keeping him in the job at the moment because the league form hasn't been the best. But he picked up of late and that's what the Evertonians expect. <laughs> with it, with um, with the form being maybe not what, what you want at the moment, do you think that Marco Silva might make any drastic changes to the lineup? You know, it's tough because he made some big changes before the West Ham game. He brought up um, Alex Iwobi as a number 10. He obviously dropped Gilfie Sigurdsson, made some big changes, dropped the captain, Seamus Coleman, Sadebi came in, and Everton played really, really well. And everyone thought that's, that's, that's the barometer now where Everton are going for. Did play well against Brighton, admittedly, they didn't get the result. But, but I, I do see a Wobie as a number 10. Bernard is, is obviously injured at the moment. So Moisey is struggling. That's, that was one of the summer signs that Everton fans really were looking forward to, pinning the hopes on to get goals. That just hasn't happened so far. He needs a lot more time than what we initially first thought. So I think it will be, it'll be the 10, Calvert-Lewin up front. I don't expect many changes, to be fair. Maybe Fabian Delph will be in the midfield with, obviously, Andre Gomez, who Tottenham were well linked with in the summer themselves. So uh, I fully expect Everton to be possibly unchanged from the uh, West Ham game a couple of weeks ago. Tony, can I ask you, just in terms of Everton's form, I'm just wondering what they're thinking going into this game, looking at Tottenham with our away form, because for Spurs fans, I think at the moment, we're looking at the Everton game as a perfect opportunity for Tom to finally get that away win off our off our backs, which has been so elusive for a while. I just wonder what Everton's perspective is on Tottenham's away form, whether they think this is the perfect opportunity for them to try and get some form going after that back of that uh, Carabao Cup win during the week. Well, if you want me to honestly tell you what Everton fans think of Tottenham at the moment after what he's turned up at the Champions League final last season, he's done them no <laughs> favours there whatsoever. Uh, we've been tormented all summer and last weekend even at Anfield. So, no, um, jokes aside, uh, Tottenham, whichever, I know the, the forms suggest that they haven't won a, a game in January on the, on the road, but Tottenham have got a very, very good record at Goodison Park. We're not going to take that for granted. I think he scored 15 past Everton in the last six meetings. And don't forget what happened last season. 6-2, Everton were humiliated. So fully expect Everton and Marco Silva and the fans to be reminding the players of that coming towards Sunday's kickoff. Uh, it is on the television, isn't it? It is the last game. and The world's going to be watching. I think Everton under the lights there. It, it's looking... It, it, it looks as if it's peaking at the moment. It's Park. It's simmering. They're looking for a big game. And I can see it happening on, on Sunday and really... So I think Everton fans expect a big performance and a big result on Sunday and, and we just look at Tottenham's away records and it isn't the best. I couldn't believe it that they haven't won a game since January on the road in the league. That's not that's not the Tottenham that I know. They're still a very, very good team, but I still see weaknesses there, especially at full-back and I think Everton will look to exploit them down the flanks with the likes of Richarlison, etc. I think we haven't lost to Everton there for 13 games. And our yeah, last, last, our last defeat at Goodison was 9th of December 2012. And I mm. think we've got more points at Goodison than any other ground in the Premier League. And uh, like I say, I, I've seen some really poor... I mean, we talked about it earlier, didn't we? With mm. Noé Pamero going up there and getting a winner. And even Christian Gross went there. It's just yeah. just a ground. And I, I, I can't remember what Everton's form was like going into the game last year at this stage. Mm. But, it was but you're right. Was they'd it just off, They'd just come off. Sorry to interrupt. They'd just come off the back of uh, embarrassing Merseyside derby defeat mm. um, at the back end, and when Jordan Pickford oh, right, right. made a massive error at Anfield, and 
Everton's form just literally capitulated for the best part of two or three months and they picked themselves up at the back end of last season. But you're right, they literally come back after that Merseyside derby defeat and it didn't get any better against um, Tottenham at home. And I think even, Christmas time, wasn't it? Even in a couple of those games, you've actually taken it, because I remember Lennon scoring a, a cracking goal against them, and then you went 1-0 up last year, didn't you, as well? Before yeah, the, the, yeah, the yeah. 6-2. It's, it's, it's not um, complacency or arrogance. I just find that Tottenham, every team has a lucky ground where they yeah. just always seem to go and get a result. And and for me, Goodison Park is that result. I can remember years ago, it used to be Nottingham Forest away. We always got a result there. And yet Nottingham Forest would always then go to Tottenham and get a result. And you just We're couldn't switch it. It's just, just crazy, yeah. Yeah, yeah well, you have a favourite ground, don't you? And you're right, and you may as well make the most of that because... Goodison's going to be low up no more in the best part of two or three years' time. So make the most of your record. <laughs> and Anfield concert is the polar opposite to that. We're four wins in <laughs> four wins in 107 years or something at Anfield. <laughs> Tony, well, it is a, a massive fixture on the weekend. What is your score prediction? I think Evan had your big performance at Goodison. They're waiting for the big teams to come there. It's simmering. Fans are looking, literally getting a bit between the teeth. And I can see an Everton win, maybe 3-2. I think it'll be a really good game, open game. Oh, Tony, 3-2. Uh, we really appreciate you coming on there. Tony Scott, the match day digital reporter at the Liverpool Echo. He's going for an Everton win, saying 3-2, regardless of that Spurs, uh, the, the brilliant history they have at Goodison Park. I, I want to ask something now, and it may sound like a daft question. He said the last game of the Premier League fixtures on Sunday, it's on TV, the world will be watching. Does that play a part? Because we've seen Spurs, I've at Anfield that was on TV the game against Brighton that was on TV it was the early kickoff. would you prefer in a sense this game was just a three o'clock it wasn't on TV just fly a little bit under the radar does it does it make a difference to all the players go in there do a job you know because does it add to it because all the pundits everyone's making January 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 haven't got that win does it change it at all Rick I my concern is that when this fixture gets played especially on that Sunday with us being the last game of the weekend Spurs could potentially be if results yeah. don't go in our favour, fifteenth, sixteenth in the table, which for a club of Tottenham stature and for where we've been the last couple of years, or you know five, six, seven, eight years, to be in that position after the amount of games we've had is not acceptable. And I just wonder whether that also filters through to the players that pressure. And I'll give you my prediction. I'm going to be honest and you know speak here from from my head and my heart. And I see it being a one-one draw. I see two teams very low on confidence. I see us come away with a point. I'd love to sit here and say we're going to get all three. I just think at the moment, if I'm being honest with you, I can only see us come over a point. But I want to be wrong. I want to be wrong. But the teams are going to be up for it. And when it is on TV, what that does add into the players, I always feel they just give that massive little bit more, pressure, don't they? Because it's huge. Pressure. It's if, the crowd, it'll I mean, be dark now. The light, listen, it's massive know? pressure, though. If, if, if Tottenham, if those results don't go away over the weekend, we're in a really, really difficult position in that league. Have we got the characters? Have we got the fight there? A lot of it also will depend on the selection. Of course, I'll be a lot more yeah. confident going in mm. if there's two fullbacks there that want to play for the football club and we know Rose won't play so that's a positive we've got players in we've got players in that squad still we saw against Red Star that are willing to fight for the club and um you know whatever it is whether you want to put it down to to Christian Eriksen's poor form I think that there are other players and that hopefully he's not playing and there are other players in that team I think that are capable of stepping up and um and showing real fight for the club because I think it was a mistake to maybe play him against Liverpool but I, as I said I do think there are better players to step up yeah, uh, how do you think the game will play out, Jamie? Yeah, see, I, look, I, I don't, I don't have any reason to be confident. I do think, as Ricky really, said, even I, the way Everton are playing, though, because you know they've not, no one's been scared of them this season. You know, it, it, it comes down to the fullbacks. I think that that really did cost us big time against Liverpool. Um, 
just as long as we do have two fullbacks that aren't Serge Aurier and Danny Rose, I think that maybe maybe that will improve our form. But I, I do think it will be a draw. I think it's going to be two all. I think that's what I'm going to go for. Well, so both going for score draws there. There will be goals in the game. Jace, before you give that score prediction, do you obviously you're confident because of that track record? This is the perfect opportunity for Spurs. You mentioned it a few shows back, saying these were the games we're going to judge them on. Do you believe it will still play out in that same way? Well, you can never allow for some of the ridiculous mistakes. Just don't give away stupid free kicks for mm. Dina or, or Gilfie because we we know both of them can whip one in the yeah. top corner. Both oh, people yeah. are doing that. If we don't do that, I, I see it as a... As, as mad as it sounds, quite a comfortable mm. afternoon. And, and I, it's not I just based on the win. record, is it, Jay? The way they're playing this year, surely it's not... I, well, I haven't actually... I can't think I've seen one of their their games where I've actually sat there and watched them for the 90 mm. minutes but I mean you, they go to Brighton last week they're 2-1 up with what 10 minutes to go they lose that 3-2 mm. so Dubious they're cool just as game, likely yeah. to collapse Michael Keane I, I can't see why on earth you know he gets in the England squads I think they're really weak there and I can see Kane bullying those two at the back just like we did last year I'm not saying we'll go there and win 6-2 but uh, I do expect us to go there and get a win what's your score prediction I'll go 2-0 Tottenham. 2-0 Tottenham with two draws. As always, though, we'll be across it next week. Ricky is frowning. The nervousness has already begun. The tension is high in the studio. It is the last game of the Premier League action. It is on Sunday. It is on TV. It is massive. It's not only the last word on Spurs. It's the last game of the weekend. We'll be here and across it, as always, on Love Sport Radio every Thursday, 7 to 9, to talk Spurs with the last word on Spurs. Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.